0: This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The Darkness Awaits.
1: It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along.
0: And their dog ninja.
2: Greetings guys and ghouls and welcome to Hellmany Horror Stories. Before we start tonight's show,
3: please have a listen to this promo of a podcast that we think is to die for.
1: Are you afraid of what goes bump in the night?
0: Have you or your friends ever pondered a conspiracy?
1: Do you want to know more about the unknown?
0: If so, then put on your tinfoil hats, sit down, and pick up your computer, tablet, or phone. Go to iTunes or YouTube and search for Secret Transmission Podcast and listen to us try to explain the unexplainable.
1: Follow us on Twitter for updates on shows
0: at SecretTransPod. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D Or you can
1: email us suggestions
0: at secrettransmission at hotmail.com That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at hotmail.com
3: Hey guys, and welcome to episode eighty-one of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry.
2: Hey guys, how you doing?
3: Okay, I think you're supposed to say I'm Tracy. There. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! All right, let's try that again. I'm Jerry.
2: Oh my god, I'm Tracy. Sorry, guys. We
3: have had a really fun weekend, We, so, have,
2: we have. but we're
3: also running on fumes because we've had very little sleep, <laughs> lots of work, and lots of fun. So we actually had um, Jackie Getz and her friend Wendy, and I'm not going to try to pronounce her last name because I'm going to butcher it, but they came down from Wisconsin, so they drove eight hours to hang out with us for a while. I know,
2: that just blows my mind.
3: And we tried to make the most of it, um, so we, we did. did. We did. Uh, <laughs> They uh, had him over to our house for a little home-cooked dinner. And then we went to... Um,
2: Bobby a, Mackey's. We went to
3: Bobby Mackey's last night and spent some time uh, about, an, about an hour and 20 minutes away from us or so. Did some. Uh, they went to a German restaurant and had a little girl's day out. I met up with them at Bobby Mackey's. Uh, we did a tour. We got to meet Bobby Mackey. He did a little uh, audio for us that we're going to throw on here a little I bit. I know. He was so sweet. A little bit later.
2: He's so nice.
3: And uh, on our... Um, group page and facebook page i actually posted some video of the tour where we were uh the, the uh mark our tour guide who was awesome yeah was, he
2: was really good he
3: was talking about the haunted well or the you know the uh what do they call it the whole, the whole way to hell hell, hell, <laughs> to hell. It, what is it i said the whole way to hell <laughs> <laughs> no it's actually supposed to be a gateway to hell and, uh,
2: there was a gateway to heaven, or there was a gateway there, to hell. There was a
3: stairway to heaven.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. a stairway to heaven and a gateway to hell.
3: But anyway, long and short of it is, uh, he tell, told it a lot better than we do. Oh,
2: God. So Seriously.
3: He, um he was telling the story, so I got to film some of that and did, mm-hmm. took some film of the well and stuff. So, that's on our Facebook page and our group page. So,
2: Man, I'm telling you, it is creepy as crap down there. It
3: most certainly is. And oh. we had some cool stuff. Like, when we started, there's, there's a room that they call the Room of Faces, and... When you go in there, it's like concrete walls, but there's all these images that look—you know—it's just darker spots, lighter spots, but some of them look like faces. They
2: do, and it's animals. I mean, man, that's the coolest thing there. I thought.
3: And Jackie's a vegetarian, so she didn't see animals. She saw a lot of vegetables. <laughs> she said that looks just like a carrot, and that one looks like a cucumber. And I'm like, no, that's nowhere near. But <laughs> no, there's a but there's a little room in. Before you get to that room, it's like a connector room. So you got a big room that we told some stories in, and then there's a little room you walk into, and then you walk into this room of faces. And that little middle room just felt
1: yeah extremely
3: was... weird. And the young ladies that we were with uh, kept talking about how you know they're they're really sensitive, so they kept picking up on things. So they kept taking all these pictures. And uh, Wendy, who was with us, her pictures she kept trying to take pictures and it wouldn't take. They uh, it's like it, there the, was another she kept girl hitting, in there too. Kept, yeah, she kept hitting the button. And it wouldn't take the picture. And then mm-hmm. we got into the, the room of faces, and it all of a sudden would work.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So
3: she went back in and took a bunch of pictures. And we were looking at them. It had orbs and all that stuff. And then this morning when we got up, none of her pictures were on her phone.
2: I, that's the craziest thing. She wasn't the only one. There and was no, another young well, lady in and, there that couldn't get hers to take pictures and, either.
3: Yeah, and Jackie took pictures in that room. And hers weren't wouldn't on the phone this morning either. So that's
2: so ooh. And it was
3: just that room. Yeah. So what? Yeah, it's a really cool Really cool place. It
2: is. It's a very cool place. I mean, literally cool. Like, I was freezing, but...
3: Yeah, it was, it was cold easy. because yeah. there's we're, we were in basically a basement and outside, and it was raining and snowing, and basically 28 degrees outside. So yeah, it was a little chilly. But I was the only one that was practically dressed. There was women out there that took the tour that were in just like, you know, a, a really sheer shirt mm-hmm. with no sleeves, and I'm like... Duh. Probably should have wore something a little different yeah. to the tour. That's what they get. So get real quick, just want to say a huge thank you to Jackie and yes. uh, Wendy for coming down. I mean, like Tracy said, I can't believe somebody would actually want to drive eight hours mm-hmm. to just spend the weekend with us. We and it was a blast. And it, she did that for her birthday, so we got her a little birthday cake and got mm-hmm. her a card. And mm-hmm. it was—they uh they were fun to hang out with. It so. sure
2: was, man. It was a blast. I'll tell you what.
3: Real quick, I want to say a happy birthday to my daughter, Amber, who's 25 today. Happy
2: birthday, Amber Bamba.
3: And I also want to say a happy birthday to Julie Gilder. She's one of our listeners over in England. She's, uh, if not the biggest fan we got, she's right there. I mean, she's an absolute sweetheart.
2: She is. Happy birthday, sweetheart. We love you.
3: And I told her I wanted to get her a special birthday over there. That keeps me from having to buy a gift. Um, (laughs) Not really. But, nah, of course but not. at the same time there's no gift on the way, so don't take that as there's a gift coming.
2: Oh. We <laughs> but, send we send our love. We
3: do, we send our love. Uh and if shipping wouldn't so high to England, there might be something else. But right now, love's costing us seven dollars to ship. <laughs>
2: <But, laughs> you right. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs>
3: so we wanna start off as we usually do, saying a thank you to all of our uh, servicemen all over the world, no matter what country you represent, all of your firemen, firefighters. Uh, ambulance drivers you guys mean the world to yeah. everybody out there we would not not be able to um, live our life the so way true. we do without you guys so thank we you love
2: you guys god bless every one of you
3: itunes reviews we had 15 this week oh my lord absolutely so let's jump into them sarah teramy Lindsay, 1989 smashly 11 marshalled drp 450 jess and goobs Postman rings twice. Thank you for your horrible review and saying Tracy shouldn't be on the show. <laughs> Sarah without an H. Steven X M. Smiths Smithy O Height. Mealers U uh, S Rower seventy five. Joey S P. Amby and Babbitt ninety one seventy
2: two. You guys, that is amazing. I just kept looking, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Every day we got a new review. Woohoo! Yeah, I'm so excited. Thank awesome. you so much.
3: We also had some new Patreon supporters. Oh
2: yes, thank you guys. We appreciate that. You keeps too. climbing. Thank
3: you so much for everything you do. Uh, I'm gonna probably butcher her last name, but I'm gonna try. Robin Van Durison.
2: That sounds right.
3: Teresa Cox. <laughs> Sarah Hernandez. I like how you think it sounds right when you have I, I no clue
2: i'm looking at it upside down and i think it looks perfect (laughs) thank you guys you are amazing and we really appreciate you all so much thank you for taking your time and money and all that fun stuff listening to us so we love you guys keep
3: spreading the word keep the iTunes um reviews up because that really helps us like i said we completely understand that not everybody can um, donate to the show financial times are tough for a lot of people and um you know, we appreciate those who do. If you can't, if you can at least leave a review, that helps us tremendously. So
2: It sure does, and I love them. Yep. I'm, like, supposed to be working, and I'm actually, like, reading them.
3: Yeah, and I'm supposed to be working, and I'm actually working.
2: So. Oh, we'll see. I got a better job than you do.
3: Yes, you do. But somehow or another, we were able to put out a very cool Patreon show that a lot of people have enjoyed, and I don't even remember what it was on now. What was it on? Do you remember?
2: Uh yes, that's pretty the sad. Stupid guy.
3: What stupid guy? The
2: guy that was. Oh yeah, the Moonlight moon murders. murders. We did yeah. the Texas
3: Arcana Moonlight Murders. Um, that came out on what Tuesday, mm. Thursday? I don't know. It came out the fifteenth day after Valentine's Day, so it came out Thursday. But
2: I still don't like him. Yeah, he it's was, been a week. I don't like him.
3: And you don't even know for sure who it is. How do you not even know who you like? Well,
2: I don't like none of these people. No, I'm just kidding.
3: But we came up with a couple of cool stories tonight. You know, every once in a while, I love to dig into the stories that not everybody knows. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of these stories is a little more popular than the other, but it's still a vaguely unknown story. And that's the one we're going to start with. It's a little bit shorter story, but I want to start with that one. Okay. Did you have anything you wanted to add?
2: Well. Before we jump into this? I don't know. Now you caught me
3: on. I'll take that as a no. Oh, also remember that uh, later in the show. We have um, the contest that Hillbilly Horror Show is running. And remember, we played part of it last week. You had to answer the question of what the number one rule of the trailer was. We actually had somebody who's already gotten that right. And uh, the contest oh, is going to end after people. So, yeah, he, uh, the gentleman already knew he answered on Twitter. Oh, cool. So we're going to play that a little bit later. And then you can, you're can you going to play it in full so you'll actually have the answer. Mm-hmm. And then all you got to do is respond on Twitter. Uh, I will retweet it. And send it over to the guys with Hillbilly Horse Show. They're going to pick a winner, and that winner will get Bo from Hillbilly Horse Show. You've heard him call in a bunch of times. You will get him to actually do your personal voice message. That's so awesome. when somebody calls in and gets your voicemail, they will get Bo doing a personalized message for you so that'd be pretty cool that's
2: gonna be very cool we also have jackie did a little sit-in with us
3: absolutely jackie and wendy when they came in we sat them down and actually talked a little bit wendy shared some of her paranormal stories Mm -hmm. and we had some fun uh since we had them in person jackie's been on the uh uh, the personal stories episodes that Mm -hmm. we do for patreon so she's actually been on our twice Mm -hmm. so it was kind of cool to sit down and and um talk to both of them and have a little fun and we're going to put that at the end of the episode so you can kind of tune in and just have some fun with us. Yeah. It'll be like you was right here. <laughs> so before we uh, jump into this story, I wanted to play that little clip from Bobby Mackey real quick. Okay. Hey guys, it's Jerry with Hillbilly Horror Stories, and I'm actually sitting in with a legend in the paranormal world, Mr. Bobby Mackey, who is the owner of uh, Bobby Mackey's Music World, the most haunted nightclub in the United States. Bobby, can you say a big hi to all the fans out there that that absolutely love you in Hillbilly Horrorland? Hey folks, I'm Bobby Mackey here in Wilder, Kentucky, and we want to send out a, a big hello to all of our paranormal fans out there. So how cool was he?
2: Hey, I'll tell you what. He's a real gentleman. He's fun to watch on stage. I think his voice is still amazing.
3: I mean, this guy's like 70 years old. Yeah,
2: and it's just a really fun time, and it's really cool because he has all his uh, guys that's played with him for years and years still with him, which is amazing. And he was just really kind and very excited to do that for us, and I think that was really amazing.
3: It was. There's a couple of guys in the band that I think may be deceased and nobody's told him. I'm just saying (laughs) they're kind of, there's a couple of them that look like that rigor mortis has set in maybe at least a year ago.
2: Now, will not you feel bad? What if he listened to our show and you said that?
3: I think we're okay. Oh, you do? I don't think he's going to be listening. No. But no, they were very nice They're all super nice. I'm just saying (laughs) that, you know, you probably shouldn't be playing bass when you're 137 years old. That's all I'm saying. (laughs)
2: Stop it. (laughs) They're not that old. They rocked out just like the young guys did.
3: (laughs) All right. So let's get started on this first story. I'm not going to tell you what the story is. I'm going to tell you the story, but I'm not going to tell you what it's about. We'll get to it because it'll be better that way. So we're going to start off. This story is in Huntsville, Alabama. So three Alabama stories in a row. Oh, yeah,
2: that's
3: right. Huntsville, Alabama, there's a cemetery called the Maple Hill Cemetery. We're going to talk about the cemetery, get into that a little bit, but the cemetery is not the focal point of the story, mm-hmm. believe it or not. So here's some, some, a little bit of the background on Maple Hill in uh, Alabama. It's the largest cemetery in Alabama, first of all. There's over eight, 80,000
2: <gasps> no. burials there. how is that possible?
3: I just said it was the largest one in Alabama.
2: I know, but that's a lot of daggone people.
3: Well, oh, they're probably stacking them on top of each other.
2: Oh, I don't know
3: why you wouldn't. No well, I mean, you.
2: I guess you have to. That just sounds like. There's
3: no sense in going six feet down all the time. That's just crazy talk.
2: Oh, that sounds like a lot.
3: I don't know why to go six feet down anyway. That seems deep. Well, if you went out like with a spoon and stuff and was digging in the backyard, what's the most you're going to dig? A foot?
2: Okay. Well, nobody's going to dig with a spoon. I mean, unless you're four years old.
3: Well, I mean that's. <laughs> Kind of what I was thinking. I wasn't talking about adults running out there with spoons. I was, I'm just saying, <laughs>
2: well, yeah. kids come
3: to the cemetery, maybe they're just sitting around bored or something, yeah. and they start digging up stuff with a spoon. I, I don't know what goes on in cemeteries. You need to with try kids. to come
2: up with something better because that is not working for me.
3: Anyways, um, I just think six feet's is a little too deep. I think they could probably go four feet. Well, foot I'm sure deep.
2: they do it because of maybe flooding or something. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Maybe if it's as deep.
3: What we need to do is get a funeral director on the phone. Oh.
2: But I we didn't do that. Does he know?
3: No, probably not. Yeah. He may though. Anyways, so the original cemetery was actually uh, sold to the city uh, from a guy named Leroy Pope in 1822. So he ha- he owned that plot of land mm-hmm. and he sold it to him. And it's must have been used as a cemetery before that because he sold it to him in 1822. But the oldest uh, burial there actually goes back to 1820. It was an infant by the name of Mary Frances Atwood. Aww. So it was two years before that, so somebody, there, at least that person, was buried on there before that. Yeah. It was later actually expanded and it included the Pope family private cemetery that they had, so he must have sold them some more land, or at least some of the popes did. And most of the new burials at this time were actually Confederate and Union soldiers from the Civil War. So over the years, the cemetery actually grew bigger by them purchasing surrounding land uh-huh. around it in 1901 the cemetery actually got its official name of maple hill before that it was known as just the burial ground
2: (gasps) well i like maple hill a whole lot better
3: (laughs) still ever growing the cemetery needed more space and in 2007 it actually tried to purchase and take over a little park that's next to the cemetery the official name of the park was maple hill park some call it dross park most call it the dead children's playground
2: oh wow that's and that not inviting.
3: Is the focus of our story Oh, today. the
2: playground is? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait.
3: So the city actually um, removed all the swings and the slides that were there, and the locals threw a big fit. Mm-hmm. They oh, didn't I'm like it. Sure. They, they loved their dead children's playground. And we'll get into more while, a little bit while. But the outlash was actually so much that the city replaced the playground equipment with brand-new equipment. So, they went from, we're going to take over the park and take all the stuff. because they replaced it and made it nicer and put brand new equipment in there. Mm. Now, what?
2: That's confusing. I mean, did they think if they put new playground stuff in there, it was going to make the ghost go away? No, I
3: guess because they already pulled I mean, that wasn't why they were getting rid of it. They they needed the space to put more dead bodies. Oh. So, they were trying to use it to expand the cemetery.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I missed it.
3: That's all right. I love you. I love you. So... I guess the first question would be, why is there a playground next to the cemetery? Yeah. Kids get bored, and people assume that the thought process was, you're at this giant cemetery, there's all these old stones and stuff, and if you're like a four or five-year-old kid, you don't have a concept of death. Right. You do, And you don't know that those are dead people underneath of you. You just know there's a bunch of cool-looking rocks. Yeah,
1: that's
2: so you know, true. so. Yeah.
3: There's a playground right there, so the kids could actually, while their service was going on or a funeral was going on, that the kids could actually go over and play at the playground and not be involved in that. Mm -hmm. So that's the thought process on why it was put there, Mm -hmm. from my understanding. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no real uh, reason behind it, but that's what the people who live there think that the the reason was there. Yeah, I mean, I
2: can see that. I can see that.
3: Some people actually will tell you that it's... um, Actually, part of the cemetery. Like it's, you'll read stuff that says it's like smack dab in the middle of the cemetery. It's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. It's not part of the cemetery. That's why the cemetery was trying to buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was part of the cemetery, it would have just, you know, consumed it if they wanted to. Yeah, of course. Um, but no, it's um, at the end of the cemetery, adjacent. There's a, a road you can get to it without having to, um, you know, actually go into the cemetery at all. Yeah, so it's not. I it's gotcha. on the outskirt of the cemetery. Now. All the kids that play at this playground, though, are not alive, we'll say. Oh. This playground is a, a hot spot for paranormal activity. Now, most say from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m., the dead children actually reclaimed the park from the living, mm. and now it's their park. So that well, kind of town. that's okay. So, over the years, many curious people have actually made the trek down that long, dark road we was telling you about to the dead children's playground, and they actually are hoping like we did last night to experience some type of paranormal activity. Uh, and several people over the years have experienced some stuff. So that's good. Yep. So visitors have actually experienced a high level of ghostly activity at the park, especially at nighttime, as we talked about from those times, even people who have no idea that the park's history or know anything about it being haunted. They said that when they get there, there's just an eeriness that comes over you. Just something Mm -hmm. just doesn't sit right about that. So some of the experiences that people have actually had there is they hear the sights and sounds of children playing, which you would expect, children calling out to each other, but they also hear mothers calling out for their children. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: So I don't know where the mother sounds come from, unless it's just mothers who've passed on a baby, lost kids. They also hear the sound of running children, Mm -hmm. you know, like a playground. So the consensus is that most of the children come from the adjacent cemetery right next door. That would make sense, right? Mm Mm-hmm. With so many people buried there, you would think that would be the number one choice. But there actually is another theory. The story may actually be a little bit urban legend mixed in, but there's definitely a lot of truth mixed into the story. So between 1945 and 55, I'm going to give you some background on where the park sits. Between 45 and 1955, the area that the playground is right now was a limestone quarry. Oh, okay. And... So it's got like these high cliffs that surround the park yeah. and those aren't naturally made. That's just from the process of digging out the quarry. It's mm-hmm. basically, I guess it's sitting in a hole yeah. is what it boils down to. Sitting in a hole. And... <laughs> they just snoring back there. I
2: know it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah.
3: So when the quarry was actually closed, the grass kind of started to grow back. Trees mm-hmm. started to grow back. A bunch of weeds. Wildlife actually started oh, returning. But that
2: was so beautiful. Right.
3: But in a matter of years, the thing was overrun with weeds and oh, brush and tall grass. Took care yeah, of it. so it was oh, just that's sad. it was a mess. And in the 1960s, there was an unknown person who used this area kind of as their personal dumping ground no. for abducted children.
2: <gasps> no way!
3: So there was a series of children back then that just disappeared, oh, and um, all this was in the Huntsville area, right? So all these reports are coming up about these missing kids, and none of these kids were turning up. So it was obviously feared that there was some type of a child murderer or something in the area that was kind of loose in Huntsville. Unfortunately, that fear became a reality when somebody walking through the abandoned quarry actually found a small skull. Police were called in. Several small skeletons were then found, Uh along with some small uh, corpses from fresher murders.
2: Oh my gosh.
3: They never found out the identity of the murderer, but what they did determine is that these kids were tortured and killed. They showed signs of being held captive for a very long time. They had been starved to death. They were partially healed wounds on, um, that were found on some of the bodies that were more recent, mm-hmm. where they could actually see that. Uh, once they discovered the bodies, the disappearances stopped. Many of the children were uh, buried right next door at Maple Hill. Yeah. Uh, in 1985, 20 years later, after all this happened, the quarry and the surrounding land was turned into a park. So.
2: What kind of sicko does that stuff? How could you do that?
3: I don't know. There's plenty of them out there, and there's been proof of several oh of God. them that you, there's
2: that breaks my heart. Somebody
3: who has uh, some kind of mental issues like that—they don't think normal. So there's no way to even rationally try to. Why they to would do that? Like, but
2: well, I mean, it's such a sad story, but I'm glad that the kids were playing together. You know, so the I re- mean, if you gotta, you gotta find some happiness out of that somewhere.
3: So the question is, um, who are you hearing at the park? Is it? I mean, theoretically, a lot of those kids were buried over next door, yeah. so that, the first assumption is still right. It's still a lot of kids over there. But are you only hearing the kids that were dumped there? Or are you hearing a mixture of kids from the cemetery that had nothing to do with that? I maybe bet you are. I years? bet it's a
2: mixture of kids. I, I mean, mean,
3: and when you think about the parents, you, you, they said there was voices of parents calling out for their kids. That would seem probably to indicate mm-hmm. like the kids that were abducted and their parents might be out looking for them. Oh my God, and maybe That's, that's heart wrenching. You know? But
2: well, I hope the poor babies. I hope they played together with each other, and they're in a better place and happy. And and this is terrible. It's terrible. It's
3: horrible. With that being said, let's try to wind a voicemail from Bo. Oh
2: my God! Is that
3: not, is that not a good a transition?
2: No, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still like, I'm still hurting.
3: I understand these kids died fifty years ago, I so know. there's nothing we can do about it now. I know. All right, so. People I'm gonna play suck. I'm gonna play this little clip. And this clip uh, it will give you the entire answer to what the number one the rule of the trailer answer. is. The whole entire answer. And uh, when you hear it, feel free to send a message on Twitter, Hillbilly Horror Show or Hillbilly Horror Story on Twitter. You can send it to Hillbilly Horror Show. Don't you if think you want.
2: Twitter is a funny word?
3: It's fantastic.
2: I mean just think about Twitter. This I thought I don't think it's funny. I just think it's funny. I'm it's, sorry.
3: It's hilarious. Sorry. <laughs>
2: Hey, I'm in Twitter. Let me Twitter you. Please
3: don't. Last time we did the voices, we got nasty reviews about how we're insensitive to people. Oh. I don't know how that would be, but somebody will.
2: Oh. Well, daggone, we got Twitter over here. I'm sorry to
3: all of our British listeners.
2: Aw. I love you guys. I wish you would just call and talk to me, like, every day. Like, seriously. I love y'all's accents.
3: All right. So let's listen real quick to Bo tell us what the number one ru- rule of the trailer is
1: fix that door at least a hundred times now it won't even open
3: little darling what is the number one rule of the trailer come on you know this
1: if it ain't brown you ain't gotta put the toilet seat down
3: that is rule number two come on you can win a used toaster them.
1: <laughs> if you got a cold beer in hand you ain't got room for no tools
2: bingo
3: alright so the answer is in case you missed it if you've got a cold beer in hand, you ain't got room for no tools. <laughs> so that's Ty-
2: Typical saying. I kind of dig that a little bit. That is the
3: number one rule of the trailer.
2: Yeah, well.
3: In the South, we all know that.
2: Well, that's very true. That is very true.
3: <laughs> so we've got um, the second story. The second story is going to be very disturbing. Oh, man. I know. We get a lot of that recently. <sighs> but... Uh, it's it's like I said it's it's a story I've just recently come accustomed to so it's not the most popular story uh, out there mm-hmm. but I found it very fascinating and then as usual I dug a little bit deeper and we're going to tell you the story that's out there and then I'm going to tell you um, some discrepancies that have just recently come about okay in this so we're going to talk about Hickory Hill
2: I was going to say Dickory, I knew Doc. you
3: were going to. <laughs> <laughs> the hickory hill mansion actually overlooks saline river in harrisburg illinois you know why they call it saline river
2: because it's salty it
3: absolutely Ooh. there's salt mines all through there so yeah. it probably is uh but i know there's salt mines all around there so yeah. i'm sure that's where they got the name oh cool so the uh hickory hill mansion was actually built in 1834 but it took all the way to 1838 to get it completely built It sits on top of hickory hill thus the name And Hickory Hill in Harrisburg, uh, Illinois, is actually at the very bottom tip, southernmost bottom tip of uh, Illinois, near the town of Equality, which will be very ironic considering how the story goes. Hickory Hill was designed to be the dream home of John Crenshaw. Okay. John Crenshaw? Who's that? The guy that built this mansion. So his wife, Senya Taylor... And their five kids were also living in this house.
2: Why isn't her name Crenshaw?
3: I think Senia Taylor was her first and middle name.
2: Oh, okay. I'm
3: assuming it was Crenshaw since I, since I said his wife.
2: I know, but you didn't say that.
3: Well, maybe she was just a liberal and decided that she was going to do her own thing and didn't want to take his last name. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, and I forgot to tell you that this house was built with an evil purpose in mind.
2: What the heck?
3: Well, he wanted to house illegal slaves and establish a breeding program.
2: Okay, well, that's not cool.
3: No, and uh, slave- slaves were illegal in Illinois at the time. This was mm-hmm. not a, a state where that was legal even at that time. Well, for, it should America. have been
2: illegal everywhere from the beginning of this earth.
3: Agreed. Not the point of the story, though. I know. And the problem, obviously, was, you know, this is during a time where you had freed slaves. This mm-hmm. was this was after the um, the time, but you had the Underground Railroad, as we know, where people were actually hiding slaves and mm-hmm. and uh, getting them up north where they could be free. And that's kind of what Illinois was one of those places where there were no slaves, so that would have been a place where people would have went. But he actually established like a reverse Underground Railroad, and that's what we're going to get into. So the house itself was actually beautiful. It was a pseudo-Greek uh, revival-style house, mm-hmm. which uh, you know what that is? Mm-mm. No, yeah. I expect you to learn more about your architecture before you step in. the next podcast. I know. I need podcast. to. Seriously. So it, it just, I'll tell you, I'll describe it to you and you'll have an idea. Okay. The upper and lower, it had upper and lower verandas. Uh, you know what a veranda is, like the big roof that goes yeah. all the way around. Yeah. So it had upper and lower verandas with huge white columns. Oh, so okay. the first floor had columns and the second floor had columns. Uh-huh. So pretty cool. The first two floors actually had six rooms each, and that's where the Crenshaws enjoyed their luxurious life. Okay. They had... A lot of money. They were actually looked at as model citizens in the community. Uh, The third floor, on the other hand, is the attic. And it had 12 tiny little rooms, not much bigger than horse stalls. Oh, wow. It had thickened walls. It had a hall with two whipping posts. Um, Some people actually call this the Crenshaw Mansion, some people called it Hickory Hills. But most people know it as the old slave house. The I want to talk a little more about upstairs. So we had said they had the like the Mm twelve rooms. Now, eventually, at one point in time, there were these were even smaller. So like what they had found it later was what it is now. But there was proof that they had actually taken out some of the walls. So there probably was even less room. Wow, I just had them in there. Yeah, I mean there was there was absolutely. No light, except for at the, at, one, at, at the two ends.
2: Yeah, I was going to say. At the
3: two ends of, uh, of the place, there was windows. windows. So that was the only light that came in there. And then it was like hot in there all the time, so there was no circulation. I mean, you can imagine how hot an attic is anyway. Oh, you're on God, the third yes. floor. And then you've got two windows open. That was the only way that yeah. you could get air in there. And so that's the kind of conditions I lived in. We're going to get into that a little more. Uh, John, let's talk about John Crenshaw first so you can get a little idea of who we're dealing with. John Crenshaw actually got his start running a salt refinery that his dad started. Mm-hmm. His dad actually died when John was a teenager, and by 1834, he was a very rich man. He now had you know, some money to invest, and he was able to lease several salt mines from the uh, the government. And he applied at that time to be an authorized person to lease slaves from the from their owners i know this isn't going to make a lot of sense but at this time there was actually uh, an established law that was uh back in illinois from 1817 Mm -hmm. and the reason that the law was put in place is because there was a lot of um there was a lot of employers that had trouble getting people that just wouldn't enough people for the workforce Mm -hmm. so this law enabled them to contact people from other states that were able to legally own slaves at the time and they were able to pay the owners for the use of their slaves mm-hmm. so but you had to you know this like i said this was nineteen eighteen thirty four. 1834 that law had been on the books for 17 years and by this time was probably outdated yeah but because the salt mines were it was very hard to get workers they were able to use that. So he got authorized, and he was able to contact slave owners and basically pay them for the use of their slaves. So that's what we had here.
2: I wonder what his daddy thought about
3: that. Well, his dad was dead. Remember, I mean, what that. he would, I know that, oh, but I'm saying what no he idea. would think
2: of that. I have no mm-hmm. idea.
3: But John Crenshaw, being the ever-cunning businessman, as at least he thought he was, he thought... Why spend money on leasing slaves when you could just kidnap freed blacks that were already in Illinois? Mm -hmm. Better yet, why not just breed your own slaves and sell them in the South for big money? What a jerk. And that's what he did. With this thought process, he had a, uh, a carriage was actually built to enter directly into his mansion. So he built a place where carriages could pull up, according to the story, and unload slaves straight into the house without anybody ever seeing it. So the carriage, instead of just stopping outside like most, would actually go into the house.
2: Oh, wow. So you
3: could drive straight into it.
2: Okay, but now people must have thought that was weird.
3: Well, I mean, he's up on a hill. How many people well, were seeing his I house? I guess that's true. So that's what he had done. By, by 1838, the house was actually finished. The carriage full of kidnapped victims could be actually driven straight into the mansion, and secretly taken up the back stairway straight to the infamous third floor. So this floor um, was a place of imprisonment, suffering, rape, birth, and death. Hmm. It's said that at least 300 babies were produced from one stud slave alone.
2: What is he, the Sperminator? Sperminator.
3: Nice. nice.
2: (laughs) Thank you. That's ridiculous.
3: (laughs) Well, and keep in mind, because when I originally read this, I thought, that just, you know, how in the world are all these babies being born there? And there's only 12 places. Yeah. But that's not really what it was. And let me read the rest of this, and you'll see the conclusion I came to. But the pregnant slaves, or women who already had kids, brought a higher price in the slave states. Oh. So the reality of it was he could have twelve women in there and he could have this guy impregnate all of them, which could literally happen over a week period. Or in my case, several years. <laughs> but this could happen, I mean, if he was just doing nothing but, you know, trying to impregnate these girls with this one stud, basically as soon as they were pregnant, he could ship them off and get in 12 more. So you didn't have to wait. You know, there's no nine months of waiting till a baby's born. So he basically was just getting these people pregnant. So they found out they were pregnant, selling them, getting a new crop. So I guess over the years, you could do 300 a lot more realistically than what I was thinking of, you know, having to wait nine months and all that. So
2: Well, I mean, can I assume that even though he's a man, he had to be tired of doing that duty?
3: Well, I'm sure. Jeez. I'm sure. So in, in this location, slaves were actually shackled to the floor of their stalls. Obviously, we talked about earlier, the ventilation was poor. Uh, there was virtually no light. Um, these slaves had a horrible existence. They were tortured, they were barely fed, and they were humiliated. Hmm. John Crenshaw found it convenient that also that the Saline River was right behind his house because he could put his precious cargo on a boat, and mm-hmm. just ship it immediately, literally right behind his house. So there there was really not a lot. Keep in mind, what he was doing was illegal.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So he was taking every precaution, according to the story, to make sure that all this stuff stayed hid- hidden. In 1842, John was actually arrested for selling a family of freed blacks into slavery. It was a woman and her uh, four kids. Mm-hmm. And the family supposedly owed him some kind of services, couldn't pay him back, so he just decided, I'll just sell him. And that's what he was doing. And as you would think, uh, what happened, because of his wealth and political standing, he was found not guilty. (sighs) But the community wasn't so forgiving as the, the government was. His mill, he had a sawmill that was actually burned down, and the public turned completely against him. Good. Nobody found out, though, what was going on in his attic, until after John and his wife both died. He died in 1871, she died in 1881. So John Crenshaw's um, considered to be the most evil man to ever live in Illinois because of what he's done. And what he did to make money was the largest scandal in Illinois. John Crenshaw somewhat was a victim of karma, though, because after his sawmill was burned down, He had a steady decline over the next few years of his income. Because keep in mind, he was big, rich, and Mm -hmm. and everything, at least he thought he was. So all this money started dwindling down. He had several civil court actions put against him. Uh, The salt mines were actually found in Virginia and Ohio, and they actually were better salt than what they had in Ohio. So nobody was buying the salt from Ohio, which is where he had had most of his money invested. And on a humorous note, he was actually attacked by one of his slaves and lost a leg due to his actions.
2: Good for him. Lose as, both legs. I said
3: on a humorous note. It was as humorous as the leg bone.
2: Ah, uh, I thought it was sorry. Funny. Anyway, the story goes. Sorry I was slow.
3: The story goes that he was beating a woman out in the fields, and uh, an angry slave grabbed an axe and chopped his leg off. <laughs>
2: That's
3: what I say. So after most of the, after that, most of the slaves were actually just sold off. Mm-hmm. So I guess he was like, I can't afford to be losing limbs. I need to get rid of all these slaves. Yeah. During the Civil War, he actually sold Hickory Hill. And moved to a farmhouse closer to equality. He continued farming, but also got into lumber, railroads, and banks. He died December 4th, 1871, and was buried in the Hickory Hill Cemetery. It's unclear if he rests in peace, but many of the former hostages that he actually have obviously do not rest in peace. Yeah,
2: I'm sure not. I wonder where he died from.
3: I don't know. I think his heart stopped. (laughs) It's my guess.
2: That's always your guess.
3: Right. Well, that's usually right. In 1906, Hickory Hill was actually purchased by the Sisk family from a descendant of John Crenshaw. So I guess Crenshaw's family had it for a while. They sold it to the Sisk, and the Sisk actually owned it for, it seemed like forever, up mm-hmm. until, like, the late 90s. We'll get into the actual time here in a little bit. But it was already a place with a horrible history, but it would actually soon become even more widely known. The locals already knew the place as the old slave house uh-huh. so that's you know what it was and in the 1920s the Sisk began to actually have visitors just show up at all hours asking for tours they had actually had they would be like at a restaurant and the waitress would mention it so then people would be like hey that seems cool so these people just started showing up from word of mouth around town if they came to town for something everybody's like oh the old slave house and it would become Well, did the Sisk did they know that i'm sure they did yeah. But it just wasn't something that was a big deal to them. But now that they started getting people to show up, they think they started thinking, hey, "We can make money off of this." Of course. So they money started grubbers. they started advertising it, and in 1930 they actually started charging admission for a dime. <laughs> you could actually visit the place where sa- slavery existed in Illinois because that was something that didn't happen, and uh, that's what the road sign actually said. There was a road sign that had the old slave house that you could come visit. Now, shortly after it became, uh, I guess, a tourist attraction, visitors started reporting strange things happening in the place. They complained of odd noises in the attic, noises that sounded like cries or whimpers, moans, or even chains rattling. Mm. People reported very uncomfortable feelings in the slave quarters, like a sensation of intense fear, sadness, or a feeling some unseen figures brush against you now there were also reports of cold chills uh being touched by an invisible hand and a woman in white i'm just kidding there was no woman in white i was gonna say are you serious there wasn't a woman in white this one Uh, (laughs) it just sounded odd not saying it i know so the rumors of the hauntings actually brought even more tourists to the house you would think in some cases it might Mm -hmm. deter people but no it brought more people to the house so there's another legend that soon began to be associated with hickory Hill. The most famous was that no one could spend the entire night in the attic. So that story started uh, because of an incident involving a ghost chaser from Benton, Illinois, by the name of Hickman Whittington. What a name. So he actually planned to uh, put the ghost to rest. That was his, it was what he thought he was going to do was mm-hmm. come in there and abolish the ghost. Now years passed and despite many people attempting to spend the entire night uh, eventually they stopped doing it with nobody ever able to do it. Uh, they did it because there was a small fire that ended up happening up there because somebody overturned a lantern. Oh. So they figured it was too risky, so they decided not to do it.
2: Yeah, probably a good, good choice.
3: Now, he did, the Cis- Mr. Sis did actually rent it out one last time in 1978, and he allowed a reporter from the Harrisburg to actually come in by the name of David Rogers and spend the night in the attic as a Halloween stunt. Now, he managed to beat... approximately 150 previous challengers and become the first person to ever spend the entire night in over a century in the slave quarters.
2: Oh wow. Good for him.
3: Now Rogers admits that he felt very queasy. And he said that, uh, for the minute he walked in the house, he just Mm -hmm. felt very uneasy. And he said that his experience in the attic was anything but mundane. He said he heard many sounds that he couldn't identify. And he also discovered, uh, a bunch of voices and stuff on some recordings that he took that he didn't hear at the time, but when he went back and played the recordings, he could he could hear them.
2: Oh, that's a nice surprise.
3: Yeah. So, so stories from basically visitors and curiosity seekers have been told over the years. The old slave house has been a frequent stopping point for paranormal investigators, psychic investigators, and just about anybody interested in the supernatural. In 1996, Hickory uh, was actually closed down due to the uh, declining health of Mr. and Ms. Sisk. In 1999, it was purchased by the state and there are plans to make it a historic site. They, were actually, so they wanted to actually make it into a museum, mm-hmm. but because of the fact that um, there's museums closing down all over the place, and it was going to take about $7 million to oh, turn dang. it into a museum, they just can't really right. justify spending that mm-hmm. kind of money when there's museums shutting down that don't have the money. Right. Well, open a new one. But let's talk a little more about the hauntings, because that's what most people seem to be interested in. So because of the cruelty and the great suffering that actually went on in the attic, uh, there are many angry spirits that live oh, there.
2: Oh, God, I'm sure.
3: And they're not too fond of living people, apparently, either. So they supposedly keep a close eye on the people who live in the first and second floors, and they do their best to chase the living out of the attic any chance that they can. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the case of 150 people not being able to spend the night yeah. tells you that. And we're going to have some cool stories about some of those events. But during the day, tourists have uh, actually felt a growing chill as they're climbing the steps to get to the attic. And then in 1966, this is like my favorite story on here, two Vietnam Marines decided they were going to spend the night. Thank this you is, for your service. Yes, this is this is before they uh actually stopped doing the tours, but they decided they were going to spend the night. At 1 a.m., their kerosene lamp started to flicker. That mm-hmm. was the only light they had was that lamp. There was a terrible moan that like reverberated all yeah. over the room and shook the attic walls
2: oh my gosh
3: then they could hear several voices all talking at like the same time but they couldn't make out what, what any, they were saying yeah they couldn't make out what they were saying but they were it was like they said there were so many of them you couldn't even begin mm-hmm. to tell how many there was they said then there was these ghostly figures that started swirling around them and the only light they had obviously was the kerosene lamp it suddenly blew out <laughs> then they heard a, a blood-curdling scream it rang out all around them. They said you couldn't tell where it was coming from. They were so filled with panic and and, uh, fright that they flew down the stairs and just left.
2: Dang, they didn't hold each other to protect each other? I don't
3: know that they did or not. Uh, I'm guessing no. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be doing that They are still Marines. Yeah. Now, the Sis family, who actually owned the mansion for basically 80 years, it was in their family. Uh, They lived on the first and second floor, like we said. And uh, they ran a little museum there for the longest time. But they stayed on the first floor, and they never went to the attic at all.
2: No, oh, wow.
3: They said they respected the entities that were there. Mr. Sisk uh, reported cold spots. Or Mrs. Sisk, I mean, she reported cold spots uh, even on very hot days. Mm-hmm. She said that an icy chill would fill an entire room, and oh. they had no AC. Oh,
2: wow. Well, that's kind of a good thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to look at the positives.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but... She said she had to quit taking baths because she would be in the bathtub and she would hear an an unseen presence would call out her name. And then she would run out to the hallway and there would never be anybody there. So she quit taking baths. And she said that her husband felt like, you know, between the two of them that they were constantly being watched. Mm -hmm. So they learned to deal with the entities and they said that the entities learned to deal with, with them. And there was basically... No harm ever done It was just some weird feelings But That's the way they did it uh-huh. Now we're going to end on this We talked about Um Hickman Withington He was You know A little earlier on there He was the guy That was going to come in there And chase yes. him out Uh huh He was an exorcist Or at least he claimed to be He went to the attic To chase off the entities And after a short time He ran from the mansion And died of fright A few hours later
2: What Can you die of fright
3: Yeah you can die of fright
2: Oh, wow. I read something like there's
3: like 10 people who die of fright every year in the United States.
2: Oh, my gosh.
3: So is it possible that what he saw was the same thing that the Marines saw? Yeah.
2: I don't know, man. That's that's pretty wicked.
3: Now, I told you I was going to tell you um, some other aspects of the story. I'm not going to get into a ton of details on this, but they're wanting to turn this into a museum now if you're going to use it if it's something's going to be a museum and a historic site they want to make sure that the facts are the facts Mm -hmm. so they've went back and they've hired some people from southern illinois university uh you got a gentleman by the name of um uh, mr wagner who is i guess a professor archaeologist and all this stuff and uh, he's been in there doing an archaeological dig and they've uncovered stuff like their outhouse and oh, all this stuff and that would be cool to yeah find well they're stuff. talking about like their outhouse like this guy took his outhouse seriously like mm-hmm. it was a block most people had just a hole in the ground more or less and you know this guy had a block foundation around it and he had a mirror hanging on the wall oh. and so he he was pretty top-notch but what we're finding out is We know for a fact through the history through this guy that he definitely owned, owned slaves. We know for a fact that he sold slaves, and he had many different court appearances over this. So he was still a jerk. There's no way of fans about this. But he seems to think from what they're uncovering that the slave quarters upstairs maybe wasn't a slave quarters. He doesn't have any sign. He said the the carriage, we talked about the, the carriage being built to be able to go inside mm-hmm. the house. He said that's not the case. He said when you look at it, it's designed to go back there and actually designed to show off the fancy carriages that would be pulling up. Mm-hmm. So you would definitely be able to see the carriages the way yeah, it's set up. I just thought that not, was kind of weird. Not going into a house. Well, I mean, if that's what they were doing, trying to you know keep something secret, that would make sense. But he says that's not the way it was set up from what he's seeing. He's also saying that... Uh, Like we said out in the hallway, there was two whipping posts. But he says, like, one of the things that's on display that says it's a whipping post isn't a whipping post. He said it's actually like a a tool that you would make shingles with that's laying on its side. So it's not a whipping post.
2: Oh, my gosh. He
3: also says that the rooms upstairs, though they are the tiny rooms and they are up there, he thinks that they are more made for uh, indentured servants, which would be sort of like slaves, but an indentured servant would be somebody, let's say that I told you, hey, I will come work for you, like Mr. Belvedere. Mm -hmm. I will come work for you for six months and do basically whatever you tell me, and at the end of the six months, you're either going to give me a piece of land or some money or something like that. So you would sign a contract stating that Mm -hmm. you agree to do that, but you would initiate that. Nobody's making you do it like a slave situation, but that would be an indentured servant. And he seems to think that Uh, those quarters up there were made for people to spend the night if they were in helping to work in the Uh mines. And he said white or black. He doesn't necessarily think that it was strictly slaves or torture or anything. So there's no real proof, according to this guy, that there was anybody tortured or being kept up there against their will. He's not saying they haven't been. Mm -hmm. He can't say that there's nobody been held against their will.
2: I sure hope not. But he
3: doesn't think that the stories that are out there about all the torturing Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and the breeding, and uh, he doesn't believe those to be the case. He thinks it was just basically sleeping quarters for people that were in town to try to help out work and he was just giving them a place to stay or indentured servants that... He was hooking up in other places. Yeah. So, well,
2: I hope that his story is the right story.
3: Yeah. So, well, I mean, he seems to be pretty confident that mm-hmm. that's the case. And, and, and to open a museum, he wants to make sure nothing's said that's not true, false. Yeah. So, especially a state-run museum. Of course, if it's not yeah. A, if it's not a state-run museum, if it's Ripley's, yeah. you know, they don't care if it's true or not true.
2: They don't?
3: No. No. Oh. I'm pretty sure most of that stuff in Ripley's isn't all true. So, anyways... That's the stories we got for you guys. It's been a super fun week. Remember to send your answers to uh, Hillbilly Horror Show or Hillbilly St- Horror Stories on Twitter for the uh, uh, contest that you might want to win Bo- Bo's uh, personalized voicemail.
2: Yep, sounds great.
3: And we didn't mention it before. We added, this is pretty, pretty big. For those of you who want to go on the Waverly Tour April 28th, in Louisville, The live show still has uh, some tickets left, not, not a ton, but that still has tickets. But we had a 7.30 tour Waverly that sold out really quick.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: We've added a 9.30 tour that night. Tracy and I are going on the tour. I'm not sure if the other two shows are going to be able to stay that late to go on the other tour. It's possible they will. But if you want to still go to Waverly and you missed out, just go on the website, therealwaverlyhills.com. And go for the two-hour tour at the 9.30 p.m. on Saturday, April 28th. And there's already been 10 tickets sold. There were only 50 available. So there are um, some spots now. So if you want to go, come to the live show and then uh, to hit the 9.30 the same night. And it's going to be fun.
2: Dang, I got to go through twice?
3: You got to go through twice. Oh. So that's what we got. Uh, also, remember, if you want to buy your Hillbilly Horror Story merchandise, we've got all the new logos and stuff. HillbillyHorrorStories.com. Go to the uh, store. And purchase whatever you want.
2: Yeah, that'd be great. And thank you guys again for your support.
3: Now, I told you that we talked to Jackie and her friend Wendy the other day. And uh, we're going to throw that right here. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Love y'all. Hey, guys. we got a special treat for you this week because we had some special visitors. We had uh, Jackie Getz come down and her friend Wendy. Wendy, what's your last name? Mogenson. Okay, I'll pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> uh, I could definitely pretend I can't spell it. Um uh, they came down all the way from Wisconsin. What did you guys drive? Like eight hours? Uh,
0: about, yeah. Eight
3: hours, basically, just to come down here and eat dinner with us with some horrible spaghetti. Oh, I'm just kidding. Beautiful. It was not horrible. Right. It was it's, wonderful. You haven't even ate it
1: yet. It was really good. Well, I didn't
3: mean horrible in the sense of, like, you cooked it bad. I just meant it's probably not worth eight hours of driving for. It absolutely well, was. Oh, Yes, it was. Well, I, would, I would agree with him on that. So. <laughs> it yeah. just good I just meant, I meant more or less, like, plain spaghetti not like you know something that you know gordon Ramsay made yeah <laughs> so but
2: we do appreciate it and we're so excited you guys are here oh, we're so excited, excited to be too. here yeah. yes it's awesome
3: and tomorrow they're spending the night and tomorrow we're going to go to bobby mackey's Yay. now originally we did this because jackie was not going to be able to come to the waverly because the waverly tour was sold out and so she said, Hey, it's my birthday weekend. Let's set up a time. And can we come down there? And uh, we said, Let's do it. Let's have some fun. So, Jackie, happy birthday. Happy
0: Thank birthday. you. Thank
3: you. Uh, Jackie appropriately came dressed, and, and that's why we drank shirt. <laughs> 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 yeah, which is fine
2: because we love
0: those girls.
3: That's fine. I like to go shopping at Home Depot wearing a low shirt. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically the same thing. But no, we, we love Christine and them. So, that's. Yeah, uh, we sure do. As we've said a thousand times, there's no competition in the podcast world. No. We're all one big happy family.
2: We are. Isn't that great? Absolutely.
3: That's so wonderful. So, Jackie, tell us a little bit about what you expect or hope to happen tomorrow night at Bobby Mackey's, because you've never been there before.
0: Um, I'm excited just to, for one, being hanging out with you guys and just having fun. Um It would be you. pretty damn cool if we saw saw something or something freaky like touched us or Ooh. I'm all found about something freaky touching me. Yeah, I bet.
2: <laughs> I think that was a hint towards you guys though. So oh, okay. <laughs> whatever
3: whatever it takes. I don't care. am easy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well you know some uh, some people say you know, they talk about the bar raising the bar. My bar is like on the ground. <laughs> I can just step right over top of it. I don't have I don't have much of a bar. Except in wives. In wives I have a extremely high bar. Nah,
2: nice save there, babe. <laughs> <laughs> nice
0: save.
3: So Wendy, you were um, telling us a little story earlier. You've had you said you are a magnet for what was it?
1: Um, ghosts and even evil spirits. They like to cling to me. Oh, so that's wow.
3: awesome that we're taking you there tomorrow night. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That'll be great. <laughs> you're, definitely, you're definitely... Might be
0: great for y'all. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I need you to trail about eight steps behind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Might be wise. I'll have my camera out. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Somebody
3: needs to Jackie, there. you've had a bunch of experiences. You've been on the, um, the personal stories episodes that we do for Patreon. Yeah. So I'd imagine uh, that this...
0: They they kind of follow me too. Yeah. they like to hang out around me. So that's awesome. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> nicer. The, the nicer ones, usually hang around yeah, me. You know, Wendy attracts the, the the weirdos. Oh my gosh! Well, I'm you know we're friends, so I guess I don't know <laughs> what that says.
3: Yeah, I started to say. So have uh, Christine and M invited you to their house for spaghetti? Just out no, curious. I'm okay. waiting. I just wanted to you know i just wanted to clarify that. <laughs>
0: Of course, they're out in California, so... Yeah. Weather sure is a lot
2: nicer, I'm sure. Yeah,
3: That's I, wish.
0: <laughs> I wish. I we were out there.
2: I know, I was telling her it was 70 degrees
0: yesterday. That's insane.
3: Yeah, it was that, It was like spring out here yeah, yesterday. Yeah,
1: quick, it
0: just changed. We, we brought it down from Wisconsin. I'm sorry. sorry.
1: <laughs> we're sharing our weather. Yeah. That's
0: great. That's,
3: right. That's great. A bunch of cold weather and cheese. That's what we needed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get no cheese. Sorry. <sighs> oh, we oh, forgot.
0: Yeah. We failed. We are cheese. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll take
3: it you were telling us a story about a closet earlier
1: oh my goodness yes I do not like closets or open doors open cabinets um, because there's evil lurking all around but when I was I think I was 11 or 12 and I was at a friend's house and we were just we were young kids we were just messing around telling ghost stories and everyone else had fallen asleep and my friend's closet door never did shut. Um, it was a, there was a door, but it never would shut and they were all asleep, and all of a sudden I saw red glowing eyes telling me, get out of my house. So I'm like freaking out and crying and screaming, waking all the other girls up and they like think I'm crazy. They turn the lights on and and it, obviously there obviously there's nothing there when they turn the lights on, but there was something there. Oh my gosh, I was like a freak. <laughs> and I said I want to call my mom, and they're like, No, it's like One in the morning, we're not calling home, you girls need to go back to bed, like the parents are yelling at me, and I'm like, I just want to go home.
3: (laughs) And
2: then you were like, see, you dinked, go get them. Yeah. Go get those those girls. Let me go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: What better time to make a sacrifice? (laughs) Sacrifice. sacrifice. (laughs) Well, ladies, we just want to say thank you for coming down. It's fun. This is uh, the first time we've been able to interact with listeners that aren't just like People in our family. Aww. So, Do you
0: have a story? Did you have a story? I, I could tell a story. It didn't really happen to me, but I was around when it happened. Okay. Um, well, let's hear one of your stories. My, my grandfather passed away he, in a pretty violent car accident oh when I gosh. was, like, seven. And that summer, we were going on a family vacation. I guess I got super sick from hay fever, and we came back, and we stayed at my... My grandparents' house. My grandma was gone, so it was just us in the house. Um, We stayed upstairs. You know, it was the house that my dad kind of grew up in and stuff. But there was all this weird activity after my grandfather died. Mm -hmm. Um, My aunt and uncle got married out there, and everybody's pictures had streaks running through them. Any any pictures that were taken out at the farm had streaks running through them. I tried to ask my aunt about it, and she's like, "I don't remember any of that." She didn't remember that. No, but it was really weird because it's really stuck in my head. And my mom actually had pictures for a longest time, like hidden up in my closet in my bedroom, um, with those streaks and stuff. And it. it was really, really weird. But he was always around there. But anyway, we stayed overnight there, you know, to get me home. And my brother a big sleepwalker, and that night he had gotten up. And there was a huge crash, and it woke everybody up. And he had gotten up, and he had actually walked through a second-story window out onto a porch roof. Oh, my gosh. But the window was broken inwards. Oh, wow. (laughs) And when everybody woke up, he was back laying in the bed. And I... Everybody thought for sure grandpa was the one that saw him going towards that window came through the window and, and grabbed him. him and put him oh, back in bed. Wow. So oh, good. Wow. Grandpa. that was
2: awesome. Yeah,
0: and you know, he he followed me around for a very very long time wow. until my grandma passed. And now he's not around me oh, anymore. Really? And he's oh. with her now. Oh, but
2: that's um, so nice to have that that they, you know, but that he protected,
0: yeah, he oh, protected everybody. It was amazing. What
2: a great so, story! You know, I yeah. love you, That's amazing. That's so sweet. <laughs> Aww.
0: So, wow, that's actually had a, Actually, had a good ghost story there yeah. <laughs> compared yeah, to some I of my awesome. other ones. That's really <laughs> nice. And so, in the next, you said that when your
2: gra- grandmother passed away,
0: then my grandmother passed away three years ago, um, and it is like within hours. I didn't feel him around me anymore. Wow! It was oh. like it was really hard for me for about a year sure after I was that. To say, not.
2: You, you had to, that had to be tough to get used yeah. to. Yeah. But then you were like, "Oh, they're together." They're right? together, and, they're and that's yeah. That's amazing. So. What an amazing story. Oh, thank you. I love that. I love that.
3: When I was little, we used to have a bunch of pictures with streaks in it, and then they'd mm-hmm. said, "Put your clothes on." We're trying to take pictures. <laughs> so, uh, that's um, what I did.
0: That and yes, they called him the street. That's right. the <laughs> <laughs> thing oh, look, look at that. I know. Wasn't
2: that a great song? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ray Stevens. He had a way with words, didn't he? <laughs> you never know what's going to happen on this show. <laughs> <laughs> with
3: everything from Hee Haw and Andy Griffith to Ray Stevens. Wow. Woo! The good stuff
2: there now. That's what I'm talking about. When times were simpler and you didn't worry about half the crap you have to worry about no today. No doubt. No
1: doubt. I you're mean, you know, when
2: I watch I mean, you,
3: still worried about crap, back there. I hope the milkman comes. We're out of milk. <laughs>
1: so you know, when babies are running around naked all the time nowadays, you see a baby naked and everyone wants to call CPS yeah. on you. Exactly
3: you know, I never right. understood it. We went. I remember when Kristen had her babies, and we go to the hospital, and they got all these naked pictures of babies all over the mm-hmm. wall, and that's art. But in, if it's in my house, somebody's then, calling then the then police. and then you're a
0: Oh gosh, I'm so not sad. gonna touch that one. So,
1: <laughs> so sad, but true. And you know, you get pictures of the babies in the bathtub, and everyone's like, "Well, make sure you have the washcloth covering." And I'm like, "Oh, oh yes." Okay. We gotta, are you kidding we gotta me? stop
3: all this talk. I'm starting to crave Subway. <laughs>
1: no, oh no! So nasty.
3: <laughs> all right, guys, thank you. We'll see you soon.
1: Bye. <laughs> right. Bye. Bye.
3: They sure are so much fun to deal with. I'm so glad they came down. Thank you, guys, so much. Uh, you actually heard one of our uh, brothers from the Dark Myth Collective. Their podcast earlier, uh, Secret Transmissions. Check those guys out. They're awesome. Here's another one I want you to check out. It's a little more um, different. It's not a paranormal uh, podcast, but it's actually pretty cool. And this guy's an awesome guy. So check Zing out in his podcast, Zing This. Are you a fan of movies? Or comics? Or video games?
1: Or just anything else nerdy?
3: Well, you should check out the Zing, Zing This, this podcast. podcast. And that's spelled...
1: Z-E-N-G
3: This. And you can find us every Monday. And we have nerdy topics from comic book reviews to in-depth analysis of iconic nerdy movies. As well as video game discussions. hmm Where's some of the best places to find us, Allie?
1: Well, Podbean, of course.
3: You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play.
1: Anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Podcasts. Yeah.
3: So check us out. Once again, that is Zing, Zing, Zing This. this.